I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift for the Bahrain Victorious Preview 2023 Preview who had a monster season in 2021, a good start to 2022, but kind of tapered off at the end. So this is one of our last previews. We just watched the Vuelta San Juan finish on stage four. Well, <laughs> there's like no footage of it. I don't know why. Yeah, we postponed recording this to watch it. So regrets. Um, but here we are. Here we are late at night. Um, why is Remco in San Juan, Benji? Do you reckon he regrets it? I don't know. I don't know. I think he's still enjoying it. I uh, I wished him a happy birthday this morning. So um it's his birthday, and he I didn't see him attack. Then again, we don't know because the footage wasn't there. Anyway, uh, today is about Bahrain, not about Remco. So we won't discuss why Remco should or should not be at San Juan because I'm pretty sure European is, why the hell is he at San Juan? He should have been at the Santa Studenander. Let's see. Oh, no. Nah, it's extreme. <laughs> Valenciana, maybe. The race around his house. Um, instead yeah. of getting angry at Commissaires, justifiably, for dangerous parkour. But yeah, here's the Bahrain preview. But to remind you, or to let you know rather, Zwift have released the 1.33 game release available on all OS platforms. Now, holo replays are now recorded and spawned for entire routes, not just segments, but they also wait for the rider at the beginning of the segment. New elements have been added to the heads-up display to help Zwifters identify information about their holo replay. So that feature's already being improved, and a new world has been added, Scotland. Scotland will be event only in February. Stay tuned for more details, but also there's the World Championships in Glasgow this year. So I'll be keen to see what the Scotland world looks like on Zwift. But Bahrain... 21 victories in 2022, which I think in 2021 they had, yeah, 30 victories. They had a monument win in Milano San Remo, uh, Flesh Wallon, they won with turns, Giro stage, no Tour de France or Vuelta stage, and a Giro podium with Mikel Landa, as well as ooh, two, about eight World Tour victories. So, a good season, Benji. Uh, clearly above average team. Above average, but it's difficult to like compare it to 2021 here because if you get such a good season in 2021, then it's really difficult to replicate that the year after. But I feel like just saying 21 victories, just saying eight World Tour wins doesn't say enough about what Bahrain did throughout 2022 because they are very prominent in not winning but being close as well, as in... 
Mohoric won Sanremo, you mentioned it, but he also got full fatty three, was very prominent in Paris-Roubaix, was in the group with De Vrind, then had his puncture, ended up fifth in that race as well. So fifth in a monument, next to already winning a monument, pretty good result. Dylan Turn, sixth in LBL, next to that flash win, got a top 10 at RVV as well with a sixth place, seventh place in that race with Fred Wright, and then 12th with Trotnik. So three riders into the final, or at least somewhat into the final of the Ronde van Vlaanderen. So that's pretty prominent in there as well. They are in each race present. Landa, third in Lombardia. And we look at the stage races, and that's the most deciding factor when it comes to getting loads of UCI points. Not that they really cared about it, but third with Bilbao at UAE Tour, sixth with Haig at Paris-Nice, fifth with Bilbao at Itzulia, fourth with Caruso at Dauphine, Romandie, second and sixth with Maidre and Caruso, and then at Polonia, meh, uh, Bilbao third. But those are loads of like close positions in in one-week World Tour races, but they're not exactly winning them. Because let's be honest about it, Bilbao was not the ultimate GC winner in one-week races. Haig the same, Landa the same, Caruso the same, Mater the same. They're all very close, but they're not winners in that. And the same is the thing with the Grand Tours. You mentioned Landa podiuming the Giro, 5th with Bilbao there, 12th with Butrago. They didn't do well in GC at the Tour at the Vuelta. Uh, 13th with LLS, Luis Leon Sanchez at the Tour, that's... He was there, and that's good for Luis Lon Sanchez, let's be honest. But yeah, Haig crashed out again. Yeah, exactly. And did Haig then go to the Vuelta or not? I can't remember. No, his hand was still, he couldn't recover in time because the Vuelta was soon after. So his season was kind of ruined by that. Yeah. So we're looking at this entire list, and we're not even talking about the stage wins. You mentioned that they didn't have a stage win in Tour de France and La Vuelta, but La Vuelta, Fred Wright, Second, third, third, fourth, fourth in stages. Like he got so close and everything, but didn't get the victory. Second in the Tour de France stage, second in the point classification of the Vuelta. This guy is destined to win a stage win at the Grand Tour so imminently, but he's gotten just not the victory so far. Is 2023 going to be the breakthrough of Fred Wright? As in winning? I mean, he should, yeah. He's not never won a pro race. Is that right? I don't know. Seems it's incredible. Um, that he hasn't won one, but yeah, he yeah he'll win something. Um, they'll probably he'll get more leadership in classics. I remember in Omlop maybe he was having a ride for Colbrelli rather than being aggressive, and Colbrelli did end up coming second. But um, yeah, Wright's obviously a really really good rider. I think their season to me definitely was worse after June. Yeah. To me, they were very, very strong in spring where they weren't just close. They were winning monuments, winning flesh, winning boatloads of stages. And then the season to me was, yeah, worse after where, after June. Um, Caruso, where, nowhere. Bilbao was good at Deutschland. But yeah, Moritz. I mean, Crow Race, sure, like in October, but like. It's a two-one race. They're competing against Kern Farmer guys and BNB guys. Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's not and that important. <laughs> yeah, and opposed to a Vingegaard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Morris did win GC. So, and yeah, Wout Pools was good at the start, and then again, yeah, not that good at the end of the year either. So, yeah, season of two halves for me. Um, but they're transfers, so outgoing. Luis Leon Sanchez broke his contract or was allowed to leave. He had one year left on his deal, as I understand, yeah. and returned to Astana. Colbrelli obviously retired 
after his uh, health issue or collapse in Catalonia, the stage Matthews won. And this is what, this is what I mean about the season got you know weird at the end. Like Turns was allowed to leave early. What the fuck? Flesh winner. <laughs> like they let him leave six months early on his contract. Well, no, not six months really, but with three months left in the season, he predictably went to Israel and didn't help them at all with their relegation issues. Like, why are they letting Dylan Turns leave? And next to that, if you look at all these transfers, Dylan Turns leaving, for example, you mentioned that Luis Leon Sanchez was able to break his contract. You didn't mention yet that Trotnik is going to Yumbo, Novak to UAE, Chunkai Feng to some, some random, I think it's a Japanese team, Utsunomiya Blitzen, and Stephen Williams to Israel. Like, is it a budget thing? Because we haven't spoken about the incoming transfers yet, but it's also not the most expensive riders going out. Then again, Colbrelli turns probably not cheap. I think it's a money thing. I think it is. I don't think Sanchez, because think about it. Sanchez, oh, you know, he's old or whatever. Let me tell you, Luis Leon Sanchez is making more than Dusan Rajevic or Cameron <laughs> no, Scott. No shit. Like, <laughs> you know, he's making more money. Turns. Turns maybe had a contract renegotiation clause where if he won a big race like a Flesher Classic, he had to bump up his contract and they were like, nah, you can leave. Uh, and Israel were like, let's donate to the Dylan Turns fund because Verbrugge's mates with him. Or oh, what's what's the guy that runs Israel? Does Rick Verbrugge. Yeah, yeah. He's friends with Turns. So he's like, here you go. I mean, it actually did make sense on paper from a points perspective. Um, with the minor GC races. But still, yeah, I reckon you're right. It has to be Benji because Tratnik, like he probably should be on the most money now at Yumbo that he's ever been on because I would say he's won a Giro stage and he, you know, able to come top 10 in classics. So, yeah, it's it's curious to me. Um, because yeah, you think, oh, well, the, the Petra state teams just have unlimited money, but I don't think this is the case. Like yeah. UAE, that might be true. I'm not sure that's the case with Bahrain. They might have, uh, yeah, tighter budget, but the incomings actually got some interesting riders. Sergio too, obviously is replacing, uh, Chunkai Feng as the sort of Merida placed rider. Although he seems like he seems okay. Uh, younger guy. Uh, but the other signings, Fran Mihalovic is the son of um, Mihalovic, who's like, I think, the Moraine Zayman equivalent, or maybe the Grishan Ehrman so. equivalent. Um, it's either performance manager or like the, the manager. I don't remember he's which one it is. He's the equivalent, I think. And okay. Erzen's the Giannetti equivalent in the, in the structure, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's he's actually really good. He's despite, you know, you know, is it nepotism in being signed? You know, it's no coincidence he's on Bahrain, but the kid's actually <laughs> really good too. So yeah. that's the reality. Like he'd be getting a contract at anywhere else when you look at his results. You know, winning a stage of Giro de Sicilia, which is a professional race, not a U23 race, in a solo, uh, 10K solo, as well as you know, a whole host of U23 races. I'm really excited to see how he goes, he's on a two-and-a-half-year Neopro contract. Um, I, I think he'll be good straight away, actually, Benji, th this Milovic kid. I think he's really good. Yeah, 
I think so as well. I think he just won the Al Salam Championships. I've got no clue what that race is, but it was written on the 8th of January. So we're celebrating it ahead of his teammate, which I think was uh, also a guy that signed for them, but I don't remember Dusan which Rajevic. one. I got, a, I got an anecdote about that. Someone messaged me, oh. so sorry, I'm forgetting, but <laughs> there's fucking big money involved. Apparently, really? it's like two. Apparently, Bahrain, some of those guys went across um, to these championships. Yeah. Like, and there's the Luka Mejgetz was there, Gregor Boll was there, who's retired. Yeah. I think he was on Bahrain. They put a team together. They made, they brought back 200,000 euro from that January thing. That's crazy. Fuck TDU. I'm going to also <laughs> have championships, baby. <laughs> it's closer to Europe, too. Can they invite yeah. us for like a podcast or? <laughs> Mate, I'll be racing it next year <laughs> on my new trajectory. But yeah, that's so they they are nice little January payday. That's what the Al Salam Championships is, which is pretty funny, pretty cool. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's Mihalovic. Uh, Cam Scott. They've signed. He was on ARA Pro Racing Sunshine Coast. Twenty-five year old. He had won a stage of King High Lake before. He's a he did the TDU for them. Is he a sprinter? Was he a mountain bike rider? I think he had a bit of a sprint in a result that he had at Ronde van Overijssel last year. He got second there, and he also won a Memorial Philip van Koningslaw, which is a, a race that he did against Belgian children, basically, or at least like juniors or something. So is that worthy of going to Bahrain immediately? No. Is his Sanstonander performance worthy of going to Bahrain? No, but maybe he's the Yukia Arashiro replacement as like a rider that he's gets Australian bottles. He's Australian Tim Millier. <laughs> Isn't okay. that who he is? <laughs> Uh, Tim Elir is a bit of a higher standard at the moment. Like, nothing to Cam Scott. Cam Scott is probably a competent rider. I mean, the Merlier was doing these Kermesses, you know, when he was 25. He was already a CX rider, no, Melir? Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to hype up an Australian getting a contract. <laughs> you got to work with me. <laughs> um, amazing talent. Probably Tour de France yeah. winner by 2028. Easily. Um, they, signed, they, they are going with some... Some sprinters, yeah. The, uh, uh, so Cam Scott seems to be that way inclined. And and this team, remember, they do a lot of like, they do Saudi Tour, they do Crow Race, they do a lot of 2.1 stage races where, you know, there's no Fabio Jakobsen there. Uh, yeah, but- so if you bring, like Jonathan Milan could have won three Crow Race sprints in a row. He's a lead out man. Yeah, but how many people do you need? Because you've got Phil Bauhaus who goes to these races because the guy rides no nah, Grand Tour. Bauhaus on a new level now. You've got He's graduated. Jonathan, you've got Jonathan Milan who's riding the Giro most likely based on what I'm expecting him to ride this season and probably still riding the small races towards the end of the year, probably like a Crow race and so forth still on his menu is what I'd expect. And maybe some easy Italian classics might also be there for him. But then you've got the Cam Scott that you mentioned, which is not necessarily in the top four of sprinters, I think, in this team, because Pascal Alon is also coming from Andrew Marché, who has a capability to sprint. Nikias Arndis probably has a lead out for Phil Bauhaus, I would say. He was that in the South of Sudanander, I think, for Phil Bauhaus, and it led to a victory. So I guess we can't complain yeah. about his performance so far. But then also, you mentioned Rajovic, as, um, or Dusan Rajovic, whatever you pronounce it. He uh, got second after Miholovic in that Al Salam Championships, where he also took the bag in. And um, he's a guy that won a sprint in Antalya, I think, last year. Uh, was riding for Koratek, who's now going to the Giro. But this team, well, this rider, it's gone to level sprinter. Like, how many of those sprinters do you need? Like, how many 
2.1 or 1.2 races, whatever the classification is these days, how many are you going to ride? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I I think it's in case Bauhaus does a more world tour heavy schedule and then he can't go to Tour of Slovenia and then it's for you Rajovic to be the Slo- uh, to be the sprinter in those races yeah or- i think those those races are important to them they go and listen i like the fact that there's a team that if riders win or do well in croatian races like trofej poreč or slovenian races on the 1, 1.2 or 2.2 circuit even if they're 25 like Rajovic, uh, and Golvakar came second in that race. He's 22. I like that they have an, a pathway to World Tour. Um, but I agree, Benji, like they're not, you know, earth-shattering sprinters. But who knows? They go from Corotech to a better environment. Maybe they can also get better. Um, is I think Golvakar's pretty good, actually. Yeah, Govacar is definitely a talented rider. I do believe he's got a future at the team, and I think he's also going to play a role already in- in 2023 when it comes to the team not necessarily winning a grand tour stage yet but i think he's going to matter but then i think about that budget thing again and maybe they're just getting those sprinters to get points in 1.1 races left and right somewhere just in case the reduce in budget doesn't lead to as many points as they hope still but then again they've got enough gc riders to get enough uci points either way exactly like they're not gonna be and yeah, these sprinters are for stage race sprints, which still aren't that profitable. But yeah, uh, Nicky Assange, you already mentioned, he's a good lead-out man. He's German. He goes with Bauhaus. That's already been successful. They signed Reinhard Keplinger. He's 25-year-old Austrian. Again, I like the fact that this team is a pathway for GC guys who are not 20 years old, who have been grinding the sort of lower Conti circuit in Eastern Europe which Keplinger has been doing, kind of like Pernsteiner. He's, to me, this looks exactly like the Pernsteiner signing. Um, he came fifth in Belgrade, GC, second in Tour of Malopolska in Poland. He won Rafa's and Oberosterreich Rundfahrt, Austrian oh, stage race. So, <laughs> again, I like that he, they've signed him. I don't know. Uh, I feel like Pernsteiner was better. And when it when it comes to this guy, I'm not sold yet. So maybe maybe I just need to see it before I start believing because his results are not really the thing where I'm like, oh, this is world tour. Yeah, I mean, Pernsteiner won Azerbaijan. He did come sixth in Slovenia, um, which had world tour riders in it. So I think that was better than what Keplinger has done. But I don't know. And Pernsteiner got signed when he was 27, I think, 28. Yeah, that's so. True. And now they use him as a flat domestique for sprint stages. <laughs> so, <laughs> the oh. but yeah, it's it's again, Kepling is going to be on fifty grand, man. Like, yeah. not very much money. And Pascal, and you mentioned he might be on a little bit more. He's actually, to be honest, he took five hundred and eighteen points last year. And just if you take five hundred UCI points, you'll get a contract. And he came eighth in eighth in Omlope, twelfth in Dwarz Dour. 14th yeah. in Gen Wevelhem, one circuit of Wallonie, like he's 35, journeyman sprinter, perfectly fine. And But again, it's not really moving the needle for them, Benji. Like, yeah. is he just, is it tactically though, with no Colbrelli, 
do you need or, someone like Pascal on to Matt, like when Morich goes up the road to at least have someone fast in the group behind? Maybe, or he's a lead out for Milan. Just a random thought. Because so. he's done lead outs before, eh, Pasqualon, so maybe there's something there. But I agree that it's it's more a, a C-Tech Goldbrelli replacement. I wouldn't even call it B-Tech Goldbrelli. Yeah, B- yeah C-Tech. Um, for like Coppa Agostini or Coppa Bernocchi, right? Like that's yeah. why he's been signed to try and sprint for a podium in those races. So I think we're onto something. I think we're right with, you know, <laughs> if I add up all those salaries, I don't think it's very much. Probably Nicky yeah. Assange getting paid the most and he wouldn't be on a million bucks either. Um, so that's, yeah, their transfers. Uh, I would like to just touch on there's no way those riders match the quality of Tratnik. Yeah. Like Tratnik, Turns and Colbrelli were three of their best five riders. If you add in, oh no, maybe three of their best ten riders um, yeah. with Haig, Mader, Bilbao, missing people, Lander. Novak as well seemed to be getting really good, but he, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he went to UAE, but um, yeah. Well, so... After that Giro, I wasn't anymore. Yeah, yeah, after the dire <laughs> stage. Um, what do we expect from them in 2023, Benji? The Cobble team, apart from Tranik, is still pretty good. Yeah. They've got Morich. They've got Fred uh, Wright. They have Heinrich Hausler, who's still going. <laughs> Who will step up? Will it right. be... No, no, that's not on that list. Will well, Johan Price Pedersen Pascal on? Okay, Prisa Pedersen will will perhaps make the team, but I don't believe he's going to be the most prominent rider in those races. And I think that Pascal on makes that team, not necessarily stepping up, but stay on a similar level. But after that, I'm already thinking like, who on that damn team would fit in a race like that? Like, do we expect a Govacar to compete in cobble races, or is that more? The the Italian classics, because those are the races that he was more prominent on before. Like, he seems to have a bit of an engine, but is it really for cobble races? I don't know, perhaps. So I'm kind of looking at the riders that we haven't named yet. And Nikas Arndt could be uh, in the cobble squad. I would say Gradek will probably make it. And then maybe that Machichu guy could also make it. But outside of that, like, yeah, Fred Wright, probably leader together with Mohoric. Hausler for a Hausler sole leader for Roubaix, obviously. Has to be, right? Milan. Truly Milan. Will yeah. he take a step up in the classics this year? He should, eh? I think when it comes to Milano San Remo, I would definitely put Milan there, not just because Milan isn't Milano, but also because I think he's a rider that has the ability to get into the second group on the Poggio. The first one with the punchers, I'm like doubting. That I find too difficult in my head. But maybe in like a second group, that kind of scenario I see working. And when it comes to Omlope, I believe Milan could do so, but he's a track guy. Is he prominent on cobbles? I don't know. I don't actually remember if he's No results, really. I remember he was in an early break in some classic, not maybe Ronde van Vlaanderen, but he's gotten zero results in classics. Um... 
And listen, he's had some injury issues. He had the Olympics in 2021. He sort of really only came good in August at Tour de Pologne this year. And then he had a nice finish to the season. And then you're having the question mark of, okay, he's come back from an injury or whatever, trained hard, and he's hit these lower level races in good shape where other guys are kind of just there to finish their season. How much can you value those performances? But Roubaix, this guy was on the team pursuit, track pursuit team with Ghana that won gold. Like he should have all the, he has all the characteristics of what a quality Roubaix rider should be, including handling. Like he mixes it up in bunch sprints. So, they they got to send him at least because they won't have seven better names or eight better names than him for it. I think so as well. And then we've got a limited team when it comes to the cobbles. I don't think we can add too much more to the team we've we've Matthew. already placed. Yeah, that, that's a name that is just going to be a team fill at the moment. Uh, he's going to be a domestique in that race. Let's be honest about it. Ardennes lost Dylan Turns, but I still think they've got a strong team in the sense that Landa Bilbao are going to matter in those races, but they're not going to win LBL and so forth. Like, I don't see that happening. Although, Bilbao is the kind of rider that has the descent for it and the sprint to finish off in a group. But does he have the climbing to stay with the best riders on the final climb? I don't think so. I don't think Bilbao can, can perform after 3,000 kilojoules. That's, okay. I don't think he can. You're working to um, your aim. Yeah. Oh, I, that's my theory um, for why he doesn't perform in one-day races. Um, it might be proven wrong, but it makes sense for now. I uh, Jack think... Haig as well is – Jack Haig's probably their best, one of their best Ardennes riders. He was very, very strong. If you remember Liege, Baston Liege, he was the main rider pulling Remco back, holding the gap yeah. stable-ish for Dylan Turns. Um, I don't know if his schedule – is conducive to doing the Ardennes because he's doing the Giro. So I'll have to check with him if he will do the Ardennes. If he's not, that's a big blow for them as well because he usually does Amstel, Brabant, Flesh, Liège as a, at least a co-leader. Do you think there is something in Mohoric trying to do the same thing he's done before where he tries to climb as best as possible and tries to use the descent, the final descent, to come back to the group and then try something? We know that he's not likely to use his... Uh, his saddle trick there that he used at Milano San Remo, the uh, the retractable saddle thing. I don't know what the cool name is anymore. But because of the weight, the added weight, he's probably not going to use that on a stage with so many climbing meters, I'm guessing. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, I'd like to... I mean, again, Zambonini also could be good in those races but he's doing the giro like he's 21 yeah. he's actually fast he came fourth in grand piemonte bunch sprint he's actually fast um i think he'll be a breakout rider in 2023 batistella he's a batistella to me yeah probably yeah <laughs> which yeah, is not like, a bad I rider eh? i don't think he's going to be in the group of five in the finish in liege but i think he'll win a he could win a giro stage or something yeah, um, Milan as well. Yeah. But Ardennes, it's a lot of Morich reliance, isn't it, Benji? Yeah. Classics, Morich. Ardennes, Morich. Tour de France stage, Morich. Like, without Colbrelli, they're missing missing someone. And I guess Fred Wright could also do Amstel. So there's a lot of reliance on him too. And maybe Mihalovic kid steps up. 
uh, as well. Landers doing the Tour de France, so he will be able to focus on the Ardennes. And I mean, with Trago's another name, Benji, like he should be good in the Ardennes, right? Like Danny Martinez had a similar year yeah. in 2021. To Betrago, probably a little bit better, but let's just say they were similar. <laughs> For the point um, there. <laughs> well, like able to win on their own chances sometimes yeah. and then really good domestique. Uh, and then 2022, Martinez was so good in uh, Liège. He's incredibly good. So maybe Betrago is um, good in them. Yeah. Who knows? But does he have the sprint? Because Martinez does have like a somewhat of a group sprint we saw this year. Well, I remember that Butrago had that kick in Saudi tour, but not necessarily in like a He's group more sprint punchy. anymore. Yeah, it's more on the hill than he needs to do it, right? Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, it's kind of the opposite to Bilbao. I've never seen Bilbao punch away from anyone uphill, but he can yeah. win the sprint. Um, you're right. He kind of, but maybe they send him and his schedule permits it. Um, but yeah, the Giro will be Haig, Caruso, Gino Maida, and Jonathan Milan and Zambanini because they're Italian. And what do you think about Haig doing the Giro? He's crashed out of the Tour de France twice in a row and sort of like Roglic. And so he's heading to the Giro, um, which I get. But I do think the Tour de France suits him much better. Like when you actually look yeah. at it, it's going to be hot. It has no TTKs and it doesn't have pure mountaintop finishes, but it does have a lot of hard attritional stages. It's kind of like a more like a welter. I think it's actually the best possible Tour de France route for him. For certain. The Tour de France is much better when it comes to the parkour than the Giro for him. Jack Hayes' time trial is not at the level of the GC riders that we see going to the Giro, so a podium will be very difficult for Jack Hague. Is he happy with a top five at the Giro? I don't know. You should ask him. But it's also going to be difficult to top five that race, uh, I still think. So we're looking at a situation where Landa spoiled him the Grand Tour last year. And I think Landa has also just gotten a, a right to ask to which Grand Tour he wants to go. While Haig, because of his crash and because of his crash in the Tour de France before, maybe doesn't necessarily have that right, even though he had that podium in the Vuelta in 2021. I feel like Landa might, have, might just be on a higher step in that team. And maybe Bilbao and the Tour de France starts in the Basque Country. So 100% Bilbao and Lander are going to start the Tour de France. So I guess if the if the if the option for Haig is domestique at the Tour or ride for yourself, have your own chance at a maybe not favourable Giro parkour, yeah, it does make sense to go to the Giro. Um, but yeah, that's... You know, Hindley and O'Connor will be doing the tour because they're sort of similar-ish riders um, with the TT. But, yeah, that's one thing to note. I'll be interested to see how Caruso goes. What about Gino Maida? Fifth in the Vuelta 2021. 2022, yeah, he came second or third at Romandy, like, with the TT. But he really had a bad year. Yeah, a terrible season. Honestly, a terrible season for, for Maida and... I don't recall the reasons for it. It just seemed like he wasn't getting into the form necessary for the races that he arrived at. And I don't know. Are, do, you, do you have some conspiracy theory? What happened to Genomator? Did he get drugged? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Like John Hirsch at Saudi Tour? Oman, sorry. <laughs> oh, what yeah. was it? No, Jan, he had got, Jan, he had got food poisoning. Yeah. 
in that's why because otherwise he was going to drop Pog and everybody on Jabot Hafeet because yeah, my drug was probably not the best use of words in a cycling podcast but <laughs> I mean food poisoning did Ginomator get food poisoning <laughs> I don't know I don't, I don't think so because he did 60 race days from through February and and October but yeah he just wasn't he like really wasn't competitive like think about oh, um apart from Romandy Paranese, I don't know if he had an issue. He didn't start stage five. Maybe he got sick there. But yeah, like he did the Vuelta and he sort of was good in the third week, but he still got dropped. Like he's getting dropped on Pional, man, by in the draft. Like they weren't doing in the draft, you're not doing huge watts. So that's it, it wasn't as good as his third week in 2021 where he was yeah. pacing Haig on Haimonoteru. As I said, he just turned 26, so like plenty of time to bounce back. Yeah. But it definitely was uh, a down year, and he's got another contract for two years. So we'll see how he goes in the Giro. I think it suits him a lot, though, like those big mountain stages. He doesn't have the peak watts, but he has, to me, what seems to be really good uh, fatigue resistance. So maybe the watts per kilo test of this recent Vuelta didn't suit him, Mm -hmm. actually, and he needed... Because um, he came 12th on Pico Hanna. Maybe he needs like those mega attritional stages, high mountains, and it goes into his home Switzerland this yep. year in the Giro too. Maybe it's it'll, he'll bounce back and it suits him there. Um, I'd hope so. Caruso, no idea. Um, he'll probably be good in the Giro. Yeah. How do you think they'll go in the TDF? Um, Landa should be able to top five this race. Who, who, who have I got... Winning? Bardet? Well, no, not winning, but you said Mars was going to win. Uh, okay. And then you said Yumbo was going to win. Um, okay. And then you said Bitcock was going to win, or was that next year? No, 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 no. That's in 24. Well, 24 is we'll Olympic, fight. so can he do it in 24, Bitcock? True. Ha-ha. And then who I said, who I said winning in 25? Outerbrooks? Sheffield? And Outerbrooks? Sheffield, that's right. Got a long list of winners for like the same year. <laughs> yeah, uh, there must be multiple tours to France happening in in my reality <laughs> in each year. But <laughs> land a podium, got to top five. Like, I think. I think it says Jonas Polk. They're pretty good. Enric, how will he go? Blander's just got to hope one of them fails, and then there's one the podium. second. One second from the podium. Lander's better than... Would you trust Lander, Hindley, or O'Connor more to podium? Lander is more consistent. To podium, to top five, Lander. To podium, then... I don't know. I've got no clue. Because then it's more like, who's the guy that can have that one performance that puts him on the podium of the Tour de France? Which I don't believe Lander can. The Lander disrespect. I'm a Landista. I believe in Lander. Lock up Lander. Hashtag lock up Lander. Bas- Bas- yeah. Fra- <laughs> I mean, Chain there's Lander. no free Lander anymore. He literally is <laughs> Tour de France leader in a Basque, Basque Grand Depart, Tour de France. Like, <laughs> he's got freedom. Let's see what free he does. Free Bilbao. Nah, Bilbao will just do his thing. He'll just, he'll just ride for a top 10. Yeah. Uh, and he'll probably come eighth. Norwich will go and Fred Wright will go for stages. I do like the way they approach 
the Grand Tours, Benji, mm-hmm. like they don't say to Fred Wright, at least I hope not, you're going to be a domestique the whole race yeah. or Morrish for the whole race. Like I do think it's a good way to approach things, particularly when you don't have an out-and-out favorite for the race. It just it's better and people are happy when they get their own chances. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts for this team this year, Benji? Do you think they'll re- replicate 2022 or 2021? Or will it be worse than 2022? I feel like it's going to be slightly worse. As in, it will be very so. difficult to replace winning Flesh and so forth with Dylan Turns. Dylan Turns' performances were pretty damn good. And like, they can't replicate to Colbrelli of 2021, but Colbrelli in 2022 didn't really do much anymore because of the injury, the, the heart issue that he had that made him retire. But ah, Mohoric should be able to get a stage win in a Grand Tour again. That's one thing that needs to step up. And let's be honest about it. By the time we are recording this podcast, these dudes already have two World Tour victories in the Santa Southern under Bilbao and Bauhaus. They're just good at winning races. Like, they approach races well. They place riders generally pretty well. They target stages from breaks or reduce bunch sprints with the right riders with generally pretty good tactics. Like, yep. rarely, Benji, are we saying how bad Bahrain's tactics were today. Like, yep. they identify the parkour. And I think Bill Bow mentioned Neil Stevens is quite tactically astute. They're like, this bit of the parkour suits Morich characteristics. That's where he should attack. Um, that's why they win a lot of races too, I think. And as you said, they've definitely not replaced the high-level performance of a Tratnik, a Dylan Turns, that they have with their incoming transfers. I also think, like, yeah, Morich is like single-figure odds for Milano San Remo, which is completely, like, unlikely. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, His victory wasn't random, but... It's not that likely to recur again in exactly the same way. Um, same with Liège. So I don't think they'll win a monument. And they won't, yeah, they just won't be as strong in the classics. Although right will be good. So yeah, right podiums RVV? Uh, no. I reckon he'll get baited into like chasing Dylan Van Baal with 70Ks to go and it'll cost him. It might be that he needs to replace those attacks that Trotnik was doing by himself in RVV. Yeah. And with multiple riders, that works because they were rolling attacks, both of them. And now without a Trotnik in that team, it's going to be him and whether Mohoric can step up and be that rider in RVV or uh, it's not going to be Pascual on our house, let's be honest about it. <laughs> so yeah, I guess we'll see. I think overall, I think there's riders that need to st- will step up most likely. Ride will probably win a Grand Tour stage should win a Grand Tour stage, let's be honest about it. Although the Tour de France is going to be a difficult one to get that Grand Tour stage. But the Vuelta, he should be able to get one afterwards. And Mohoric should be able to go back to his winning ways in Grand Tours. But he won't necessarily win that monument again. And like you say, this team probably won't win that monument based on what I can see at the moment. But who knows? Jonathan Milan? MSR? Dark Horse? True, yeah. Last thing, like, we try, you know, they... They've got riders improving. They do have young, talented guys who have the cap- you know, the capacity to improve or do better, like Maida, Bitrago, Milan, Dovacar. So I'm keen to see how they go. They've got a nice balance in the team. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'll replicate, certainly the 2021 um, 
level. But yeah, yep. we'll see. Andalusia GC loading. The team they sent there is ridiculously good. Um, so I'm keen to see how some of those riders like Lander and Haig and Caruso maybe are going early in the season. But thanks for listening as always. Until then, ciao.